Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank all you guys for the amazing support since we rebooted the podcast back in April of last year uh, to the better format, which I like more, the one-on-one interviews uh, like we've been doing and, and you guys have been loving with the, the, the great guests that we've been having. Um, unfortunately, we've been hurting ourselves on the YouTube algorithm, uh, getting recommended and, and having YouTube do its job by promoting our podcast because we've been putting the timestamps in. But I know you guys love the timestamps and we will not get rid of them, even though the retention's lower and it is hurting us on uh, the spread and the growth of our podcast. But you guys can help. And I know you guys want to help. The feedback has been tremendous. So how you can do so is like, comment, share, and tell your friends about the podcast. If you're enjoying the wonderful guests that we're having, the content that we're creating, the podcast that we're producing, please let people know. Please let us know. Leave comments. Uh, do whatever you can to help support the podcast, guys. We greatly appreciate it. We want to shatter the numbers of 2020 and 2021, and you guys can help us do it. Today on the show, we have my my boy, my man, Tyron Woodley. Uh, he has been very quiet lately. Um, I haven't even heard from him until recently. We just talked to set the podcast up, um, and, and we've just had small talk uh, before that. So I know something's brewing. Um, I know he's got a lot he's been working on. So uh, I'm looking forward to finding out what we can find out on the podcast and seeing what he's up to. What's up, Tyron? Welcome back to the show. Good to have you back on, buddy. Man, I'm glad to be back on the show, but I'd be even happier if my ass was in um, Thailand. Yeah, I know, huh? Eating that far-ass food and um, training hard. I've been stuck here, though. It, it's one thing to be here for a while. I love it to death, but it's like good to get out every once in a while, especially go back and see you know, all my friends and family back in the States. But I've been stuck here for like a year. Because of this yeah. uh, pandemic. You know, what's funny is that, like, Thailand is not a bad place to be stuck at. Yeah. But it's just us as athletes, man. We don't want to be told what to do like that. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. to be able not to go, even if you wouldn't have left, you would have been there for a year anyway. But the fact that you can't go because someone else is telling you or because of, you know, a pandemic is stopping you, it just kind of, like, makes it a little sucky. You know, the last uh, trip I had booked was to London to watch your fight. And, wow. And, uh... Yeah, I booked. Oh, you haven't left since then? No, and that was the last flight I had booked, and I had to cancel the flight, and they still didn't give me my money back. I guess it was they said it was before the COVID thing, even though it technically wasn't. I I don't know, but so like, (laughs) we're gonna get your money back. Yeah, I'm going there like Nino Brown. <laughs> I got like the little email that I got to like reply to. I'll eventually get to it. Just takes time or whatever. So what's up with you having like a better studio than me now? What's going on with all that, dude? Got the... You know, you know, I just during the pandemic, especially my entire neighborhood, everybody started building shit, pools and fucking random stuff. But I had been wanting to do a recording studio anyway. So I started building a recording studio probably three or four months ago and just took my time with it and made sure it was real dope, real, like, you know, sleep. My house is more like a warm cabin feel because it's like for yeah. my kids and family. So it's more like kind of cozy, warm. Uh, but the studio, like fucking Star Trek or like fucking well, Star I've seen Wars. your house, man. It, you, 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 it's yeah. pretty damn cool, bro. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much detail you want to go, but it's pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I, I did well in a certain part of my career, yeah. and BJ Penn, BJ Penn's dad told me something real, real important that stuck with me. He said, Tyron, you're going to be in a sport where you're going to be making lump sums of money um, very quickly. And a lot of people don't know about BJ is that he's financially okay. Yeah, I don't he's think he's just okay. fighting because he's broke. Yeah. His mother and dad took most of his checks, cut it in half, they put it into real estate. He's very, very, very set as far as financially, but... One thing that I like is the flexibility and just the actual, just to being comfortable, right? And yeah. he told me, buy yourself a pickup truck, buy yourself a house with a pool in there. And he said, no matter what happened, how much money you make or don't make, if you have that for your key, he said, buy it in cash because you never know how long this sport can last or how long you can keep up with it, right? Yeah. So I listened to him and the first opportunity I got after UFC, I fought Dunya Kim when I got into the house. And when I fought um, Wonder Boy in the Madison Square Garden, that's where I paid off my house and I bought my mama house. So that's nice. um, it's a blessing, blessing in the skies. Now I'm just now I'm just trying to do it for the love. You know what I mean? But it's nice when you you get that uh, get to that stage where you can start fixing your house up and and doing cool oh, things yeah. and 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 living in ways that like you know kind of kind of help you and and benefit you in other yeah. aspects. And and that's what you're doing now. You know, you got the. Yeah couple studios and and you got all kinds of cool shit man 
Yeah, I got a little area like you got too. So like this yeah. is a recording studio where we can podcast here. But I got in the next room, I actually got like a Google room where we create, yeah. we come up with concepts. But it's set up to podcast, it's set up to like you know brainstorm and come up with stuff. Because I get my kids in the habit of brainstorming. So nice. like our house is kind of set up like a Montessori school is set up. I don't really push my kids in a direction. But I just give them if they if they show me interest, I feel the interest, and I just give positive direction in that way. Nice. Like, I got a son that's a soccer player. I don't know anything about soccer, but I put him on the best soccer team possible. You know what I mean? I hold him accountable to what I know, which is working hard. I can tell if your mannerisms are showing me that you loafing. My daughter's a recording artist. She loves music. She loves she loves music, yeah. and she's very good at it. She's very gifted at it. So that's part of the reason why I built the studio because what better way to crack a door open and then just walk in there and start making hits. You know yeah. what I mean? And then on the other end of the spectrum, I got a, a son that's 17 being recruited by Yale, Harvard, Princeton, Columbia, um, Kansas State, Kansas, Pennsylvania. So he's a very highly touted out division one uh, football scout. And I'm like, not scout, but athlete. And yeah. it's just like, for me, that's my biggest flex. Fuck this house. Fuck the belts. Fuck all that other stuff. But when your kids are winning mm. in life and they're happy and they understand hard work, that makes me smile. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And are we are we going to start seeing the morning wood come back or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's that's kind of, I was waiting. I don't want to do another podcast until it was in my studio. So yeah. uh, you're going to see the morning wood. It's either going to be in here or I don't, I don't want to call it the Google room, but something like that but i'll come up with a better idea but um but i'm gonna do it over there um i got a dean obviously is gonna be my co-host but i want to bring in one more younger talented person that's just gonna kind of shoot the shit yeah and kind of just get things kind of ruffled up so yeah we're gonna bring it back i'm guessing in probably a month because um because dean's out of the um out of the country in dubai we're um doing dana white looking right. for a fight or whatever yeah, whatever the content is they're doing that right now um but yeah we got to get you on the show man yeah um, we'll be back up yeah, just some collaboration, man. Let's start. I'm going to ask you some damn questions. What about the 16-year anniversary of the Ultimate Fighter show after we were just talking about it yep. that day? Did you know that? Or yeah. you just like didn't say You knew it, but you didn't say nothing when I was talking it. Yeah, I did, it didn't click to me until you mentioned it, until you like said we were talking about it. Then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Because it didn't click at first. <laughs> yeah. What does that feel like? That's you, I never told you this, but that's kind of how why I'm in the UFC. I was in yeah. college and I watched that. I watched the episode of that. And I'm like, man, fuck that. I, can, I know that. I know this guy. I, you know, I went to college with this guy, but I watched that and I started punching the bag. You know, looking st- like Mike. I'm saying it looked so stupid. Well, 30 seconds, I was dead <laughs> punching all silly. And then um, my coach and I just started challenging each other every day to go a little bit longer. So it was like, man, it's finally I got to the point where I'm not quoting it was good technique. But three minutes straight, I can punch a bag without stopping, right? Yeah. Then all my team, Ben, Aspen, and Chandler, and all these guys gas me up. Man, take a fight. Man, take a fight. I'm like, man, I ain't taking no damn fight. But then finally I said, you know, these guys look up to me, and I took a fight. So I basically got edged into doing the fight stuff by Ben, Raymond, Jordan, all these guys. They was watching Pride. I didn't know what the fuck Pride was. And then something else that strikes close to home, my homie Lynn texts me yeah. or hit me up on MySpace. That's how far it goes back. 2005 or 2016, I'm in MySpace. I remember when they were, he told me the story about recruiting you guys, or recruiting you for for Eves or yeah, something, right? Yeah, to train Eve, right? Yeah. And had my buddies on the wrestling team not been big Pride fans and been watching UFC, because I wasn't into it. I didn't, I didn't watch it. My coach was an MMA fighter, and I was like, fuck that. It was bare knuckles, no gloves, open palms to the face. He was doing the king of the cage stuff. He was fighting on, like, the biggest scale back then, uh, right on the UFC, and I was like, man, I ain't never doing that. But they kind of gassed me up to do it. Like, oh, man, Eve, man, you know who it is? They showed me his video. Like, man, train him, train him. Yeah. So I said, all right, cool. I went out to Houston, um, and I trained him. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and how this goes full, uh, full circle for everybody. So Eve, I mean, so uh, Lynn and Eve, actually, Lynn and Eve and myself uh, started training together in MMA back in 1997 or something. Like, like it was us three and a guy named Jace. And, and we trained together in Texas. And we were fighting Jace all these like underground nut. shows. <laughs> yeah, we're fighting all these underground shows, and like you know, Eve and I were were uh, you know one hundred percent going to UFC. Like that was our direction. And then Lynn was fighting and was good, 
but he was more taking the direction of film. And so he was like going to Dallas to do Walker, Texas Ranger. And, and he just, he, and, and we all made it, you know, like Eve's got into UFC. I got into UFC and then Lynn became a big Hollywood director and he's all successful. Now yeah. he's got Cobra Kai on Netflix. He's got Braven on Netflix. Yeah, he's got, show right now. you know, he, he yeah, yeah. He was stunt coordinating with Denzel. With when I'm in LA. I stay with Lynn when I'm in LA. When Denzel comes to your house to train and hangs out with you, that's, because he lives down the road. I trained him. I remember. That's big. Like, I, you know? I, I trained him for the equalizer thing. It was so, like, like till to this day, I use it as a profile picture. Yeah, you yeah, train I there all the time, too. Crazy. I see you there with Len all the time doing yeah. uh, in, in the garage and in, in his gym and stuff. I just saw yeah. you the other day, I'm, actually. Yeah, I'm heading there Friday. I'm heading there Friday. Um, we're going to get some training. He got a wrestler from um, University of Pennsylvania that was my weight. Um, I like to I like these younger, fresh out of the college wrestlers because they yeah. still scrappy. They understand the new, you know, levels of scrambling and three dimensional wrestling and chain wrestling. So I haven't I haven't been in that type of shape in a while, and I haven't really trained trained since I, my last fight. So now I'm gonna go out there. And I'm going right to a fucking D1, you know, what I mean, all American wrestler. So we'll see how it works out. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So like from like seeing me not do anything on ultimate fighter basically uh and then you connecting with lynn and then now us being friends and you training here in thailand has been kind of crazy man That's small great. world I didn't, you know? I didn't know you knew lynn that well like back in that day yeah i remember eve was helping him get ready for like do like the pre like his um stunt video is real for like yeah. texas range all the motorbike shit and but stuff. i didn't know you was in that mix too That's yeah. crazy. yeah it's, it's yeah. nuts man that's crazy um but cream rides to the top though yeah you think about it yeah, you know what I mean that's that's what kept you guys together, and that's probably what why we got so many mutual friends because you get to a point in your life where you don't want to fuck around with nobody that ain't on. If you ain't on shit, I don't want to really be around. Yeah, you. I don't care if you're a billionaire or a bum. If you're not really somebody I want to be around, I'm not going to be around you. I don't need your money. I don't need your clout. Right. I don't need nothing. I don't need to be you know around the famous people. I just need to be around solid motherfuckers that's trying to win. And yeah. if we putting up putting points on the board then we we cool but if i feel like i'm throwing all the points up on the board and you just sitting there celebrating the point get it right on people's heads yeah not in 2021 you only got so much time man and that's it you know time is a valuable asset you know and it's like you only have so much of it why waste it with with people that aren't going to help bring you up you know there's there's too many there's too many people out there that will be that person you know that will bring you yeah. up and that are successful. And and I'm the same way as you, man. I like to surround myself with those guys. So what, talk about this ultimate fighter shit, man. Like, don't, don't just pass over that. That's why we're still around, dog. The UFC would not be around without this show. There's no way it would be around. It's coming back, too. I don't know the details. I'm trying to get Dana to come on the podcast and talk about the details and, like, give me something. Like, Stop break 29. something on the show. But uh, I, apparently, like, yesterday, I guess, was the anniversary of – of it airing on TV or something like the, the anniversary was yesterday. So it's been like since 2005. So 16 years, man, crazy. Fuck. That's crazy. So what was your experience like on the show, man? It was, you know, was like it, was the first episode, like when it was peeing in gloves and punching the walls or did that kind of go as the years went through? No, you know what? Cause at first you get on there, you're just kind of scared. Like, you know, you're in a new territory and like, you don't want to do anything wrong. Cause like there's cameras everywhere, you know, the, you're just lucky to be on the show. So you're kind of walking a thin line, you know? So when you first get on there, you're just kind of like looking around, trying not to get in trouble, trying not to do anything wrong. Cameras, like I said, you know, in your face 24 seven. Um, the training was great. You know, we wanted to get in the UFC and, and, and then as time went on, you know, you could tell that the producers wanted us to like have more drama. So like, you could just kind of sense it. And then also being with these guys in this Leaving. house, it was getting to a point where it was like, you can't avoid the drama. And it's like, they, they gave us like a fucking chessboard and that's it. No TV, no phones, no nothing. And a fucking chessboard for 16 fighters. And it's like, come on, bro. Like what? Of course it's going to go down. Season 20, 29, they got like freaking mansions and all this stuff. Yeah. And- alcohol budgets and yeah we had alcohol too man we had everything like and and then it just boiled over and then we had that crazy night uh they didn't show up but we actually went to a kid rock concert and and we had like backstage access and it was at hard rock i think it was hard rock cafe or or palms maybe but anyway it was that's where they were doing a lot of shows hard rock and palms back then yeah so we, we did the kid rock concert and we were backstage on that and and then they you know we drank all night and it was like off camera so it was our one night out that we could have fun and then when we got back yeah. to the to the room or to the house, the cameras came back on. We were all like, you know, I don't know if I was drinking at the time. If I did, I had just one or two. I was like 100% focused on getting in the UFC, but everybody else was, or a lot of other people were. And then once we got back to the house, that's when shit like 
got crazy. And that's when like Diego went crazy, Chris went crazy, Bobby went crazy, Koscheck. And that's that that one episode where just everything went crazy. It was like people don't realize that was a whole night of build up. Like that was a whole night of like going out drinking, living like rock stars, kind of like having that access and stuff, then getting home and like just being like in a position where, you know, everybody was like alpha and trying to out alpha each other. And, and then it just boiled over, man. It became crazy and people loved it, man. You know, I, I didn't get a month. How do you even find out about the show? Cause like, how do you even find out about it? Dude, this is the craziest story, man. Like, so this shows you why you never give up. Um, so I was undefeated. I had a lot of experience in the smaller shows with Lynn and Eve and all these guys. So we were good coming out of Texas, all three of us, you know what I mean? Like me and Eve and stuff. And then I got, you know, I turned pro. I won my pro fights. I was like five and zero. Oh, and then I fought for the championship at WC. So I fought Chris Lieben for the championship. Uh, and we fought for the title and Dana White was at that show. He was sitting front row and he was scouting me and he was scouting Mike Kyle to possibly come in the UFC after that show. And I was fighting for the oh, title. Wow. So I lost that fight right in front of Dana, like literally like, you know, it was a TKO and I lost right in front of Dana. Um, and then right after that, we found out that they were casting for the ultimate fighter to be in the UFC. Dana wanted you to send, you know, videotapes in. He talked to Bob Cook and, and Javier at the oh. team. And so he said, Hey guys, you know, all of you, AK, send your tapes in and apply. I didn't do it, man. Cause I'm thinking like Dana just saw me lose. Like I'm the last person in the world that he wants to be in the UFC right now, you know? Um, and then after I didn't send something in, Bob Cook was like, Swick, dude, why would you not send your tape in and like try to apply for this? Like, you know, you get on the show, it's a reality show and you get in the UFC, like that's your goal. And like, I'm like, you think he'll really take me and everything? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, man, I'll do it if I can. I just didn't think I would like qualify or whatever. And so I found out that I did sent my tape in. It was late. Um, they flew me in and then they basically said they already had all the middleweights casted, but they wanted me for the show. I had a good, like whatever interview and tryout, whatever you want to call it. And they said, but we can put you at light heavyweight. So would you fight light heavyweight? And I'm like, man, I'll fight heavyweight. I don't give a shit. Like to be on the show, like I, I'll do whatever it takes, you know? Um, fuck. I'm and, trying to get paid and try to punch people in the face. Dude, so then they got <laughs> me on the show. So I made the show and then, we, and then we went through the show and we're doing all these like obstacles and I wanted to fight so bad. So I was always talking to Dana, like, let's just fight, man. Let's, why are we doing these obstacles and all these like, these, these like competitions and, and we're, it's like real world we're supposed to be ultimate fighters like you know what i mean like we were all getting kind of been out of shape because we were all fighters man everybody in the first season was like real fighters we weren't like you know these these yeah. o and o guys well two and oh you know you know five fights and we were all fighters and uh and finally we saw we walked into the training camp one, or training facility one day and we saw these stools out front and it was like a red and a blue one that was painted and when we saw those stools painted we knew that was corner shares so we knew shit was about to get real then and then they announced we were going to fight and I made it to semifinals, and then I lost again on the Ultimate Fighter. So I lost the fight to get on the show, and they still brought me on the show. Then I lost in the semifinals against Stefan Bonner. It was between me and Stefan to fight Forrest in the finals, and I lost to him. Mm. I lost to him. So, so now I've lost twice in front of Dana in a row. Um, so now it's like this is that whole thing of like don't quitting, right, and don't give up, and, and don't doubt yourself. So then, uh, you know, I, we already knew we had one more shot in the UFC in the finale. So no matter what, win or lose, we at least get that one shot in the UFC. So in the finale, we fought again, and then I went on a five-fight win streak, became the number one contender, and was going to fight Anderson, except Travis Luter jumped in. So that just goes to show you, man, like, you know, I, I, I yeah. lost a fight, luckily got on the Ultimate Fighter, lost on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, had my one UFC fight, won that fight, which kept me in the UFC. I would have been cut. Won my second fight, which kept me in the UFC. Won three more fights, and then became the number one contender, beating David Loazzo after he fought Rich Franklin for the title. Yeah. And then and I was next David in line. David Loazzo was that guy too. So it was like crazy, that's right? Like David Loazzo was in that guy. I started. That's when I started watching this. He was the man, time. dude. I watched a little bit. Of, yeah, he was the man right there. He was the man, dude. Mm-hmm. He beat Evan Tanner. He he beat Evan Tanner, who was the former champ. And then, and then he got the fight with Rich Franklin to fight for the championship. They went to a decision. Yep. And then I ended up fighting David Loazzo next and beat him. And that made me the number yep. one contender. And then Luter jumped ahead because Luter was on a later season of Ultimate Fighter where if you win the show, you get a, a title shot. So he got to jump ahead and fight uh, Anderson, which we didn't know Anderson was Anderson at that time. You know, he knocked out Chris yeah. Lieben. He knocked out Rich Franklin. But we didn't know, like, you know, it was going to be the Anderson that we saw after that, you know. Yeah. And so I was excited to fight him and, and get in there and mix it up with somebody who was going to strike with me. And then I took a fight with Yushin Okami because it was in my hometown. I didn't want to wait on Luter. And then I dropped the decision yeah. to Okami. 
And then I ended up dropping a welterweight, went through another win streak, four or five fights or whatever, and then fought Dan Hardy for another title contention fight to fight GSP. So it's like, it's crazy, like how you can, you know, you yeah. just because you lose a couple fights or, or you're down on your luck and you feel like your whole career is over, which is how I felt, especially after losing on the Ultimate Fighter. I went on my biggest streaks after that and made it literally to the top three in two different divisions yeah. off of those losses, off of those huge losses. So it's kind of inspiring, I think, or it should be inspiring to people, you know, not to give up and not to let those losses get to you. You know, you're going to have them. And it's just how you pick yourself back up yeah. and, and how you go forward, man. I think we've all been there. And so that's yeah. it, man. And that, that's my, my ultimate fighter story. And, and it, it made my career. I think it's dope. And what I respect most about you is because your drive and your push, regardless, is nuts. Like, I know you know you got a you know angel watching over you and, you know, you kind of carry the heavy in your heart as you go out here, you want to compete, you want to win. But nothing has ever stopped you. Like, you lost a fight, then you went to the ultimate fighter, then you lost again, then you won this fight, then you went on the streak, then you was in this way, then you was in the welterweight division, and then you had a, you had a, a, a severe very rare condition yeah. that prevented you to fight for a long time. You couldn't really eat. You couldn't digest food. You was losing all this weight. But then you came back and fought again. You know what I mean? And now you're doing AKA Thailand. So I think sometimes, like, for me, I always knew, and I think you can share the same thing, I knew I was the best wrestler in the country. I knew it. I was the number one wrestler in my last year. Not Johnny Hendricks. I know these guys. And I never got a chance to fucking win no national title on the draw. To this day, it still bothers me because asking to tell you, all my teammates, nobody that year was better than me. I was the best wrestler in that, in that weight class, and I just didn't show up when it was time to show up. And and I think that later in life, we get second chances. And sometimes it may be in the form of a different sport. I got another chance in MMA. I feel like you've gotten a chance in, 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 in a gym in a very small amount of time. Yeah. AKA is a big name. That's a big weight to hold. Like, I'm... I'm not really affiliated, like that's not my team. But Bob Cook did a lot of my contracts and he helped me out and he opened up the gym to train. Then I started training with guys like you and Luke Rocco was one of my biggest accountability partners because he tried to kill me the first day in practice. Yeah. But I didn't know that's how I just sparred. I thought he was trying to get me because I was a new guy. Yeah, but I no, came out there, I didn't know him. I didn't know a lot of technique. I was a good wrestler and I was strong and I was in shape. And I just went out there and went ham. But everybody gave me love, even Koshek, even all these different people. But I think that Sometimes you become a world champion at other things that, that don't have a belt behind it. Yeah. So I want to give you a rose while you while we here because the pandemic is showing us life ain't promise, my dude. It's not. So when you got people that's really killing that shit, you killing it out there in Thailand. You Thank built you, an empire. You built a gym that you know all the celebrities want to come and train at. All the fighters want to come and train at. You do unique team building things, running the hills. Um, going over to blank blank, what I can't say right now, but doing those types of things. All these different stuff that you do. It makes it made me feel like I wanted to come back, and I did come back. And today, I share something else with you. I can't find my passport, dog. I've been stressing out oh, about shit. my passport. I'm like, I can't find my passport. When the borders open up, I'm out. Yeah. I am at your fucking doorstep. I'm <laughs> out of here. You know I mean, you probably want to get out of there, but I want to get out of here. I'm so stuck here today, for a while, so I ain't going anywhere. Hey, today when I was um today when I was like um all right yeah you know um, let's do the podcast a little bit later. I started looking for a T-shirt to wear, and I randomly went in this backpack, and my passport has been missing really since I came back from where you, um, Thailand. Yeah. Um, I found my passport today. Oh shit! So wow. that may be a sign that you know, very very soon and in the future when it opens up, uh, I need to swing through. Can, can I? Can you come to Thailand now? Yeah, you can come. You, uh, we we can give you a three month visa right now, but you have to stay in a two week quarantine. We have guys that are staying like long term, and it's worth staying two weeks in a hotel. I might, I might swing through for a month because I had a fight in March, like four weeks, four weeks away from the fuck shit, and training my ass off. I'm out of shape just like I was last night, but I got in shape quick dinner. <laughs> yeah, you did, dude. You got man, you were training hard. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything.
telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. So what else you've been doing, man? What else been going on? Man, Anything cool out there? I feel like I'm on your podcast. Look at this, dude. I'm on the morning shit, wood. I mean, we just we just brothers, though. We talking shit. No, nah, I know. Back and forth, I know. So. We just FaceTime the other I mean, day. We can never talk enough. We need to understand how we know each other and where we come from and, like, why, why is it important that we're doing this together in the stores? I feel like the Houston connection, what if I would have said no to Lynn? What if I would have said no to Eve? What if I would have said fuck no to the... Like, I tried out for the Ultimate Fighter show. I tried out for Ultimate Fighter season nine. Oh, really? It was the first season, the first season when they didn't take 16. They took eight in this oh, way, shit. eight in another way, and it was Bisbing versus Henderson. It was UK, okay. US versus UK. It was a new format, right? Mm -hmm. So I made it to the last probably 10, but something I didn't, I asked Dean, because my coach Dean, he was on the Ultimate Fighter show. Um, I knew Craig because I had already tried out for it another season, but I tried out for it, and just like you said, I didn't make it. I'm like, how the fuck did I not make it? Yeah. Like, I'm stripped up. I'm talking mad shit. You know what I mean? I'm an all-American wrestler. All these wrestlers in the previous um, previous seasons did well. But I, for some reason, I didn't make the cut, and I didn't understand why. But look, what happened after that? Yeah. I did the old school way. I went and ran the fights. Remember, you used to have to get 10 fights before the UFC contacted you? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went and got those 10 fights, some inside of Strike Force. Um, and then, fuck, boom, I was in that bitch, right ready to fight, right ready to go chase the strap down. Now I'm back at it, chasing it again. And so, yeah, let's get in that real fast, man. So, um, yeah. obviously, I was going to ask you what you've been doing as far as your training. How, how's training going? Yeah. Are you training hard? Um, you've been so quiet, man. Even to me, you've been quiet. Like, until I called you the other day, it's like, haven't heard a lot from you. So, I'm going to get an update as far as, like, your fighting and training, what you can talk about um, and, yeah. and what's going well, on there. You're my brother. I can, I can share stuff with you that I don't share with a lot of people. Well, you, you got to share with the podcast. Yeah, well, I'm sure with the podcast, too. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that, yeah, like like pretty much what I've been up to, really the last two two and a half years have been a tornado for me. Like, I was winning titles. I was winning fights. And um, the last couple of years, it was just really the harvest of some bad seeds I planted. When I was winning titles and I was, you know, out here and making lots of money and doing everything I wanted to do, I wasn't really living right, Mike. Right. I was out here in these streets. You know what yeah. I mean? I was in these streets, um, and I thought it was separate. And I thought it was separate because I was still winning. I'm like, why the fuck would I stop? I'm fucking winning, right? So it just caused a lot of problems in my personal life. I went through a long, drawn-out, two- or three-year divorce. We good now. We Gucci. Everything is... But people didn't know that. Like, maybe this may be the first time people even know that. Like, when I was doing my title run, I was going through a divorce. I was staying at my mom's house. It's crazy. You know, sleeping on the couch. And, like, it was it was crazy. It wasn't an ideal situation, but I had to, like, suck it up because it's kind of the bed I made to lay in. Yeah. So I had that going on. Uh, I recently just signed a, a deal with ABC Studios, so you'll see me as an executive producer and a writer pretty soon oh, for shit. for a television series. Oh, nice! I created the um, the gas station as you guys can see. I'll give you guys a little swing swing. Oh, so nice. this is kind of like you know the studio. This is where we're gonna record music, do content. But I really want to make it my own because you look around. It's a lot of West Coast, but I'm Midwest. That's me. That's inside of me. But when you look at the straight out of Compton, you know, I got easy on the wall. Um, Ice Cube, obviously, I became cool with him from that. Snoop Dogg is like my, you know, uncle. And Tupac is the best. And I got a portrait of Wiz Khalifa that's being finished right now, Mel. He gave me my first single as a yep. diamond recording artist, the yep. first artist to ever do a billion streams on YouTube because I was his brother. And he 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 fucked with what I stood on. He said, all right, I do it. He did the, he did the song that day. Never asked for a dime, never, you know, and he said anything about nothing, cleared every cleared all the music. So the whole process, which takes about two or three months, he did in two days. Yeah. He did a verse. He called his manager. They cleared the music. And shit, I held on to it until his birthday. And I dropped it on September 8th, his birthday, after I beat Darren Till's ass. <laughs> so I dropped the song called I'll Beat Your Ass after I beat some ass. That's pretty ballsy. But at that time, it worked <laughs> out. I didn't give a fuck, man. I was just letting it hang. And, and now, when I came out to Thailand... I got away from everything. I recentered myself. I trained my ass off. I did it again in Atlanta with Burns. I did it again for Kobe. But the result wasn't what my perform result wasn't what my training camp was, right? Yeah. It fuck I'm like, I got rid of all the bullshit. I cut the toxic relationships out. I fucking got rid of all the distractions. I minimized all the stuff that didn't suit my sport. 
and I I was almost like a fucking I was almost like a um damn zombie a robot. And I and I told myself I think I'm like fuck that if I'm gonna lose to some fucking clowns, then I'm gonna go out there and fucking just train like I want to. I'm gonna fight like I want to. But it wasn't really that I it wasn't really anything to do with the way I train. It was when you plant a seed, it gotta grow, man. It gotta yeah. grow. And I'm just blessed and I'm just thankful. And I do believe that that patch, that dry patch of my life is done. So I'm not going to be discouraged with all the hard work. I'm actually excited to work hard again. Yeah. Sometimes when you do all that work and it don't pan out, it gets discouraging, man. Like we human, we can act tough and fuck this and all this stuff and da da da. But I'm a man. I got kids. I got people that are looking up to me. When I lose, everybody lose. My kids lose. My 20 employees lose. My house lose. My mom lose. Yeah. Everybody loses. So for me, I had to just convert it into a lesson. And by doing that, I learned don't change anything you did because you did everything right. Yeah. Just add the little Peloton bike you bought. Just mm-hmm. add in some swimming. You know what I mean? That's really all I can do. Because I told myself, one, I brainwashed myself that it was separate. Two, I brainwashed myself that, okay, well, this didn't work. Let me go back to what the way I was living because I was winning then. No, that's not the solution. The solution is to ride out the wave of the bed you made, continue to do what you do, and go fuck people up. Yeah. Like Max Holloway. That's what I want. More than a belt, I, I want to go out there and fuck somebody up. That's what I want to do. I want to have a fight where I don't think, I don't hesitate, I don't hold back. I'm faster, I'm stronger. I'm just in your paws. I'm in your shit the whole fight. And you can't get me off of you. And the referee got to snag me off of you. That's the tyrant I remember. And he's still there. And I still can do it. And I'm actually better. But it's just sometimes when you learn technique and you learn skills and you break down all these fighters and you get over, you know, scientific, sometimes you overthink. So I think a combination of overthinking, life going through fucking fucking a tornado, you know what I mean? Losing fights, going through divorce. Like when you get married for free in the living room in sweats and you go through a six figure divorce, seven figures when you get done with it at the end yeah, of the I day. Yeah. <laughs> it, it hit you in the motherfucking stomach a little bit. So I'm just blessed that I didn't lose my mind yeah. because that's what that's what God gave me to create the wealth and create the I didn't lose my mind I got close a couple of times I had a couple of nervous breakdowns I had some uh, fucking depression um, I went through a stage where I had almost a couple of years of a counselor which pretty much saved my life but now I'm in a position in life where I'm just good my family good my kids good that's awesome. you know what I mean um I'm good. I see light at the end of the tunnel. And I feel like no matter what things look like, God just keep telling me it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Just keep training. Keep training and keep trusting. And so that's kind of what I've been on. I just finished the studio three days ago. Yeah. So I have a grand opening for it. And um, I already got two or three songs. One with an artist named Mozzie, who's a fucking phenomenal artist. I got a song with him called Candy Girl. I'm rapping up. I got a song with my homie Ponce. I'm rapping up. And then she and my daughter got an EP that she wants to drop. So she got one song called Outside. It's on YouTube. Y'all can check it out. Um, she covered an artist named Black song. And she covered um, another artist called Rod Wave. It's funny because these songs are trap songs. or they like completely not what she's doing. But she hears the music and she makes it her own. So yeah. she's doing a uh, Rod Wave has a song called I forget what it's called, but she's doing the she's doing her version of it called Together. So we'll record that for real. Get her in here. Got the studio booth. Everything is set, man. Dr. Dre can come to my studio right now and drop make a song. Yeah, I saw it. It's incredible. And you know what's crazy to me is like yeah. you know sometimes people it seems like when it, when it's on the path of success people want to bring you down and you were so successful. Um, which is going to lead into a Snoop Dogg question in a second. But, um, you know, you spend a lot of time or a lot of your off time doing music and doing film and doing these things. And people want to bash yeah. you for that, saying you should be focused on fighting. And the crazy thing is you got guys like Max Holloway who put on one of the greatest fights I've ever seen, you know, as far as like, you know, he, he looks so good. He probably pays, plays video games as much as you spend doing music and doing Way other things. More. It's like every fighter has time. You can't train. You know, when you're a fighter, you can't train like a full-time job. You can't train nine to five. You know what I mean? Like you, you kill yourself. So you have to do other things. But it's like for you finding success in other areas, people get mad about that because you're on the path of doing big things, not sitting around playing games, you know? And it's like, it seems like people want to bring you down for that. And I think that's such bullshit, man, because it's like, I know what you're doing and, and, and you're, you're setting yourself up. They don't understand, Mike. They don't understand. And then it's like, if I was sitting here talking to my five-year-old daughter, right? 
And I'm not going to sit there and have an, a Bitcoin argument with my five-year-old daughter. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with other people on how I should fight and what I should do when I won five world titles. When I can walk into the other room and I got five gold belts. You know what You know what made me feel? When I went to BJ Penn's house, he had this fucking case with all those belts in there. And I yeah. stood there for hours. Yeah. I couldn't leave. I would not leave his, his dad's office. I sat in that fucking office. I just got, I'm like, dude, they look so fucking dope. And I wanted one so bad. My nigga Rocco had one. And I was like, damn, Rocco. He said, man, get your own belt. DC yeah. had one. Yeah. So all these are all my dogs. And they all, they all were strapped up. And I was like, it came a point in time where I just decided to quit participating. I mean, quit spectating greatness and start participating. Yep. I said, no, fuck that. I'm finna get up there and get my shit cracking, right? And then I did, but... But life is crazy. Life is really funny when you think about it because you get you get so many things thrown at you and you get so many life lessons and you get so many situations or, you know, pros and cons, but you never know when you might need it. You know what I mean? It's certain things that happen to me in life, certain things someone said to me, you know what I mean? And now in life I'm like, fuck now I understand. And that's that's what I'm thankful. I didn't die in a plane before I figured it out. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't completely fuck up the situation with my kids' parents. We cool now. We we can reconcile. We fucking smoked a joint the other day in the backyard. Like I can I can chill with her. I talk we talk dumb shit. Send send fucking retarded messages on Instagram. We're not together, but she knows I respect her. She knows I got her back and she knows that it's genuine it's genuine, you know, resolution from all the fuck shit and the cheating and fucking all the turmoil. I took her through some shit. But I, I was able to reconcile it. I was able to reconcile pretty much any situation. Like I told my friend, pardon my French, I said, I'm going into 2021 with no hoes and no foes. <laughs> I'm a Gucci. I'm a hundred with everybody. Nobody. Yeah. I'm belong to nobody. I don't owe nobody no money. I don't have no beef with anybody. And I, I'm, I'm a clear headed person. I can really go after this shit like I'm supposed to. Uh, that's a good policy, man. As far as like keeping, uh, keeping your head clear and staying positive. Gotcha. Don't forget to ask you about Snoop Dogg real fast, but I want to ask you one question yeah. about fighting real fast. Um, I don't know how, how technically uh, how far along you are or anything, but I definitely know you as a person. I know you're going to fight again uh, somehow, some way, some place, some person. Um, what is your March ideal? March 27th in Vegas. March 27th in Vegas? As of yesterday. All right, cool. So you can announce it. So let me ask you this: What is your ideal? I can't announce who it is though, but I can tell you it's March twenty seventh. All right, well, good. Well, at least we got. At least we got that. So I, obviously, I know you're fighting. So the situation is this: What what are you looking to prove in this fight? Like I know you said the Holloway thing and all that. It, what would be an ideal scenario for you in this next fight, considering where you're at right now? Like, what are you looking Man. to go out there and prove, no matter who it is? I, wanna, I just I don't I don't really care so much about the opponents because the opponents I wanted to fight so long ago. I'm I'm just over it. I don't really, you know what I mean? I don't really care about fighting them. You know, I'm I'm more so I would like to do like a training camp with George St. Pierre and train with fucking Carlos Condit and train with the DS brothers and you know what I mean? That's what I want to do. But then I want to fight people that motivate me to fucking either a young hungry fighter that they think can beat me, that I'm old and they think can take me out. Um, I used to get those guys a lot, the Kelvin Gastelums, the fucking Darren Tills, you know, I got all of those. And eventually, you know, you're gonna get you don't get one of these young people that, that's up to the task. Yep. They got their head on straight. They got a little less distractions than you do. They're a little bit more focused than you were at that time. And then they want what you got so bad that they willed themselves into it. And I've had a couple guys stand in front of me that, that did that. But for me, I really, really, there's no other, like, you know, you look for things to compare to. Yeah. Max Holloway's performance is the only thing I can ever think of. Yeah, that's that's what I want. I want that more than the UFC title. I want that more than my belt back. I want that more than revenge on the people I lost to. But after that, I would like to fight the people that I fought again yeah. with, with me actually 100%. Yeah. I, wanna, I want to fight against Usman again. I want to fight against Burns again. I want to fight against um, Kobe. And I want to fight against Rory, to be honest, Rory McDonald. Um, I think, to be honest, I think Rory's the best. I think Rory and Wonderboy are the two best welterweights outside of myself, in my opinion. Wow. From the people that I've been in across the cage, the way they have everything put together, the threats that they bring. And I'm a thinker, and I'm a good I'm a well-rounded fighter, so like if you go to the ground, I'm usually good if it's on my back, if it's fucking on top, if it's fucking against the cage. I may not do it in my fights, but I know it's there. Yeah. And I, those guys, I felt like Wonderboy is the only fighter that I feel like he was at his best, and I feel like I was closer there too, and it was a hard fucking fight. Yeah. Um, when I lost to Roy McDonald, I kind of was. It was my first 
fight, I was like, fuck, where am I in La La Land, right? You know what I mean? Then I had that fight again against Usman. Burns, I was there, but I just didn't really get on the good foot. And Kobe, I don't even remember. But at the end of the day, I would like to fight those guys. Not because, oh, okay, I want to be sure you beat me. It's because even they knew. Even they came up to me afterwards like, what the fuck happened? You know what I mean? Even Usman was like, you know, Man, yeah, I want to fight you at 100% pretty much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know that wasn't me. They studied me. I mentored the, I mentored Kobe. I mentored Usman. I got text messages to prove it. Like who they should fight and what they should do and how they should go about sponsorship. And how does it feel? You know, Usman came up to me in my after party and said, man, how did it feel to, when, they, when Dana wrapped the bet around you, man? I said, I don't know, man. I visualized myself winning so many times when it happened. They didn't feel like shit. I said, but you know, you'll be the champion one day. But I never thought it was going to be against me. Yeah, that's crazy. But now he, now he knows. Now he's having after parties at my place, Chateau, where he asked me that question at. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast and yours truly. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and now you can save 20% by going to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, and enter code QUICK at checkout. You get 20% off and free shipping. Not only does Manscaped have the best below-the-waist grooming products on the market, but great news, they just released their products to Europe, Canada, and Australia. So now if you're in America, Europe, Canada, and Australia, you can save 20%, get free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using code QUICK. Let me ask you about Snoop Dogg real fast. I know Snoop Dogg is your boy. What is the deal with Snoop Dogg and Eminem? Why Why is he bagging on Eminem all of a sudden? What happened with that? You didn't know. He's he's bagging. Uh, well, uh, he said some. He said that Eminem's not in his top five, and and he said it in some real derogatory way that Eminem took offense. And then and then Eminem did like a diss track, and now they're like having this big feud. And I don't know. I thought you knew. Hopefully, Snoop's doing it so he can. Um, you know, nobody really knows Snoop as a battle rapper, and um, I think when you get to the point of millions of records so you become an iconic figure you you're a household name and you know these nuts and doggy style and you know what i mean gin and juice everything is really you know what i mean really coined to snoop dogg so he may be looking for a legacy push something else that gets him motivated he may not like he i was talking to the other day when i was in um i was in la and he literally had a notepad just like a random Verses he got. I got to do a verse for this person. I got to do a verse for this. I got to do a verse for this person. So, I think if Eminem comes after you, just being the lyricist that he is, I would be flattered. MGK when he came out to MGK, that was like a blessing in the skies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eminem is like a iconic figure when it comes down to being one of the best lyricists ever. You right. know what I mean, white, black, green, purple. He can fucking rap. He, yeah. He's a wordsmith, and he. He can fill bars with so many different meaningful words. Not like just, like, what the fuck is you saying? Like, literally, like, how the fuck can you think of that? Yeah. All at one time. For so many songs on 20 20 song album. So I think that Snoop Dogg is kind of instigating something because it can get him into a different pocket, which means that it'll force him. Like, part of the reason why I got Kendrick Lamar right here is because I record sitting next to the deal. I'm not gonna ever rap like Kendrick Lamar, but when I'm sitting in my little stool, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna make me accountable to, to be less likely to let the verse end or start with some bullshit. If that makes sense, yeah. You know I mean, sense. so I think that's kind of what Snoop is doing. Like, what, like, what beef could he really have with Eminem? Like, he, Snoop is a real street dude from the street. Like, I doubt if he cares about some lyrics. Yeah, it's probably just nothing, man. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. It, let me ask you this. So um, now all of a sudden these YouTubers, you got Logan and Jake and all this getting these yeah. big fights. What do you think about these guys coming in? I, I think you know them from being a dance. We were a dance house. And, uh, yeah, Logan I know. And I know. I know um, I'm cooler with Logan, but I know Jake as well. Um, I like it. He's I calling like out the, the MMA that, fighters, um, though, now. And he's trying to act like he's he can knock MMA fighters out. Obviously, he called out Askren. Um, and he called out Dylan uh, Dennis. If he picked, Dylan, if he picked Dennis. A Dylan Dennis, then he probably will knock Dylan out. Yeah, Dylan for sure. He's not a striker by nature. But um, I just, I think him and Connor will be a, um, I mean, I don't know. Connor, Connor did, to me, I thought Connor did well against Floyd. I thought he did well against Floyd, too. So if he did well against Floyd for a couple, even if Floyd was rope a dope and whatever the situation was, I think, I think he'll box Jake's ears off. But um, some of these other people, 
You know, even my teammate Ashman. Ashman can't wrestle and can't grapple. I mean, it might be a fight. I don't know, but I would I would be rooting for my dog Ben to come through and whip his ass. Yeah. But some of these fights, the counter fight is the only one I understand why he's doing because it makes so much money. Like he'll 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 get a nice 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 payday, and I don't think counters against it. I think counters just want to fo- focus on Dustin. Dustin, Dustin for now, Poirier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It seems like it. Yeah, he he's good at playing that game, man. He's he, but both both Logan and and Jake. He's smart. That's how that's how fucking Logan got the exhibition fight against Floyd. I mean, how did he do that? Dude, he's zero and one as a boxer. He lost to a video gamer, he and, he, him. and he's fighting Floyd. That's he crazy. Him to an exhibition, it's, it's an exhibition fight, but he trolled him. And then, you know, one thing I tried to do this a while ago, but it wasn't really my style. I tried to troll Connor because me and Connor had a little smoke in the backstage. So I'm basically like, all right, you want to fucking fight, my dude? Let's fucking fight. And then he just kind of went quiet. It didn't work out, but I had to at least try because if it does work out, then I feel like I can beat him. I make fucking five, six million to fight him. Fuck yeah. What happened with you and Connor? Well, Connor, Connor, um, remember that time in Madison Square Garden when Connor came in all late and he had on his fucking cooler DeVille fur coat, whatever, whatever, with the fucking um, goddamn tax still on it. He's probably taking it back. Came in in these Rolls Royces and fucking no shirt on, and and he was fighting against Eddie Alvarez. And he came over and took Eddie Alvarez's belt off the um, desk, and Eddie freaked out. Kind of act like he was gonna throw a chair at him. But meanwhile, I'm just well, I'm sitting right here. I'm not gonna hit by a chair. It ain't my smoke, but shit, you, I'm a world star or TMZ it. So I fucking videotaped it. I uh, TMZ picked it up. And it was all over the internet, right? So then he was mad. Like, you're a fucking woman, man. You're a fucking woman with that phone. You're a fucking woman. I'm, I never understood why he was mad. And then we got to the weigh-ins the next day. And then the video was out. But I, if I did some dumb shit, I'm going to laugh at it. I didn't even think that he would even care. So then I walked past him. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he was like, he looked. I said, I said, what's up? He said, what's up? But then what the UFC did was, they allowed his cameraman, so they had the um, the McGregor live camera, right? The Mac live camera right here, right. showing his face and showing the back of my head. But the actual UFC camera, the embedded camera, was facing my face in the back of his head. So I was able to push that footage out and say, no, this is what really happened. It didn't happen like you. It didn't look like, because it looked like the back of his head, he was looking at me, like, hmm, what's up, right? But it really happened like I said. So then after that, to me, it was over with. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. He acting weird. Maybe he couldn't wait or some bullshit. I don't know. So I didn't even think about it. Then we get to the arena to do the ceremony weigh-ins, and he in the back. He's talking to somebody, and I'm like, who the fuck is he talking to? This dude weird. He just want attention, right? So then he's like, you fucking free with that camera phone, you bitch. He said something about being a bitch, right? And I basically told him, where I'm from, people die for that, dog. Don't you ever call me a bitch in your life. And... Pretty much since then, you've never heard Conor McGregor ever mention me again. Have you ever heard Conor say anything about me? No, I haven't. Said nothing other than that because some I don't play those kind of games. But um, that's what it was. So I try to I try to use that to piggy for a fight. So Dana was trying to get it set up. Conor didn't really want to do it. Um, like what they want to tell you is that I've been on the table to fight a lot of guys that didn't want to do it. I was on the table to fight George three or four times that flew in. Both Diaz brothers to fight me a couple of times. That didn't happen. The Bisming fight didn't happen. Uh, I don't think that was because of Bisming. I think Dana wanted to do the uh, George fight. And he even told me before I fought um, Damian Maya, he told me, oh, no, the winner's definitely fighting George. And then we saw what happened. Bisming fought him. Yeah. Because, quote, unquote, I didn't fight well, even though I whooped his ass with a torn labor. But long story short, um, it's, just, it's just when you put all those things together, man, I just look back sometimes, it's like, damn, where the fuck did time go? I don't even know sometimes. It's like I just been floating around. 15 years later, I've been in the sport for 15 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. It's 16 years just since I was on the show. Damn, I feel old, man. I know. Thanks for making me feel so old. I know. You old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, as long as I don't look old, man. That's, I train every day, dude. I, I train every day so I don't look old. Yeah, as long as you don't look old, as long as you're still in good shape. I know you in that motherfucking gym. Every doing day. Doing that fucking two-hour-long lift. Yeah. Swollen in the sweat. And I'm out here with a, with a little bought and paid for a belly. Yeah, but you get in shape so fast, bro. Like, so, so fast. 
Oh yeah, I'm gonna get in shape quick. Uh, and I'm and I, I never got I never got like my heart rate still 42, and my weight I never got. I usually get up to 205, 208 one time. Never hit 210, but did hit 208 one time. But now I'm under 200, so I'm like, I'm not even gonna let myself tell myself I'm out of shape. Man. I'm just gonna train like I I'm just jump right back into it, running cardio, changing up my diet, and you know mix like I, I usually separate it. So I do boxing, Muay Thai. Jiu-jitsu, wrestling. Then I'll, as the weeks go through, then it's boxing and wrestling, or Muay Thai and wrestling. Then wrestling to jiu-jitsu, then jiu-jitsu to get back up, back to striking. And then by the by the beginning of the six-week camp, I'm at full-out MMA. That's awesome. And I, and I want to bring one more thing up, whether you want me to or not. Um, and I'm going to get a kind, <laughs> of, kind of an update on this, too. Um, but, you know, you didn't do this for the media. I think that's really cool. And I think you should get credit for this because a lot of guys do things not for the media and they never get credit for it. I think you do uh, need credit for it. But so there was a domestic violence uh, situation that you knew about and a girl got her teeth knocked out. And you came to me and, and, and you knew I had a friend in L.A., Dr. Justy, who, who's your friend now, yeah. obviously, too. Um, and she's a dentist. And, and I connected you guys and you ended up, taking care of this girl man and bringing her all the way to los angeles putting her up uh, flying her in putting her up and then dr justee uh fixed her teeth and and yeah. she was so happy about that and i think that's incredible man i think it's incredible that you did that and you didn't want any media for it and and you didn't try to do it for the media and you didn't have any cameras around and and nobody for sure probably nobody knows except i think i said it one other time on some other interview uh, randomly um but that was really nice of you to do that. And and uh, is there any update to that? Or I, I know Justy was so happy about it as well. She did a little media on herself. Yeah, yeah. And, and I appreciate you introducing me to um, Justy as well. I met her and and um, when I was out of the country, which in Thailand, and, and it yep. was just a real cool friendship. And to be honest, when I hit you up, man, I didn't know what to do because I was like, I watched his videos on one of these apps. I think it was TMZ or Shade Room or something like that. And this girl got beat so bad. He knocked out her entire front row of teeth. Like, everything was gone. And just having a mom, you know, my mom had seven kids biologically. She has six girls in me. So I've been around girls my whole life. Um, having a mom, having a daughter, I just could not imagine, you know, if somebody did that to one of my loved ones, man, yeah, I'll, be, sure. I'll be on a ride. I'll be on a ride looking for people right now. So I was like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, I don't know her. I don't want her to think I'm trying to push up on her. So... I basically hit you up to hit Justy up to see if we can, like, if I would fly her out there and, and kick in on that, can we do something for her? Like get her, at least her smile back. Like she lost her dignity. She got, yeah. you know what I mean? Domestically violated. She literally is going to be thinking about that for a very long time. And it's probably going to give her some PTSD. So maybe we can at least make her fucking look good again. You know what I mean? We're back to normal. So I hit um, you up. You gave me the contact stuff. I hit Justy up. She literally said, Tyron, my heart wants to do this, right? Yeah. So I can't take credit for I Obviously, I didn't do the work, but she did tens of thousands of dollars worth of dinner work on this young lady for free. I paid for all the flights. I paid for all the rental cars. I paid for her mom to come out, pay for her to be comfortable. It was a couple of times. She had to go there two times. So I covered that stuff. And then um, Justy um, covered the work. But you got to shout out Smile um, Headquarters. So if you guys out in um, out in California, make sure you go tap in the Smile HQ. It's pretty easy to find. Smile, Smile HQ, HQ. Dr. Justin. Yep. Get your fucking grill fixed, man. She's yeah. had to fix a lot of my chipped teeth and all this. She random fixed shit. mine too, bro. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. But she mine. but she did that and that she started she started a whole it's a whole link on her website. So if you guys go to Smile HQ and search it in California, um, she literally has a program where she helps yep. out women that have been Started basically domestically violated and she has a whole service now and she don't charge them and, and it's her way of giving back. So um super cool. I was just I was just blessed to be obedient because I could have been like, oh don't do it all. And I and I made sure I kept it clean. Like I didn't I don't have the girl phone number. I never contacted her directly. I hit her through social media and from that point uh, my assistant and then um Jesse's assistant they took over everything. If yeah. they needed me and they did ask the question. They did, but I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be about the girl getting fixed and healing, and I wanted it to be about Justy, another woman helping another woman. I didn't want to be included because I felt like that was a more powerful message. You were persistent about that too. I remember. 
Yeah. I just don't do things for clout. Like, I do it because I feel like God told me to do it. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I couldn't believe it, dude. It's, it's insane, man. You know, you got to get credit for things you do. And you helped this girl. And she looked amazing afterwards. And she was so happy. And I was just so taken back, man. Because, like, you know, I'm just, I'm not around a lot of people that do stuff like that, you know. And uh, that's cool, man. And you're actually helping me after this podcast doing something else for something I'm going to actually do for some of uh, the students at my gym here in Thailand just to give back to them a little bit. We're doing a really awesome thing, and I'm going to give them a little surprise this weekend. And you're taking part in that as well. So I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, man. I wish I was taking part in real life. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I can say, you know, we're going to post this right afterwards. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to surprise everybody. I'm going to take them uh, on Saturdays. We always uh, have a beach training session in the morning. Um, or we go to Big Buddha and do a Buddha run up to Big Buddha, which is long, uh, you know, long Ooh. uphill, you know, run to Big Buddha. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. I ran it, but I know it. And, and what we're going to do is I told everybody that I'm going to take them to a special training environment uh, Saturday morning and to meet at a certain location. Um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to have to have boats ready and the Island ready. It's a remote Island off the coast of Phuket on the Rawai side, which is different than where we went to Pipi. Um, and I got okay. everything set up on the Island. I got everything, the boats ready, and I'm just going to have everyone meet me there. And then I'm going to let them know that we're going to take them to a remote Island, put them all in the boats, take them off the coast. It's like a 30 minute boat ride. And then we're going to have an awesome training session on the beach. And, uh, and then we're going to have lunch and then you're going to, uh, send them a message. Hey, can I can I do him a video since I can't be there? Can I do, can you record it and cut it? Yeah, that'd be better. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. If you could All do right. a video, yeah. So, so I just let me know when to record. I do him a little video, and then you can okay. cut this part of the show and then show it to him before they go out there. Absolutely, we'll do it. We'll do it right after the podcast. Well, cool, that worked. But yeah, man, I appreciate that, and that'd be awesome, dude. Because you know they they look up to you, and uh, everybody sees your photo at AK Thailand when they come in right in the showroom, and and they always ask about you. So um, I thought you'd leave a message, but if you want to do a video, that'd be great, man. We'll get a TV, put it up there, and then you could send yeah. a message to all of them for for training so hard during this pandemic, which is why I'm doing it, man. These people are here in Thailand, you know, training hard, bettering themselves at the worst time possible. So I want to do something for them and kind of take them out and yeah. give them a special day and 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 treat them to a nice lunch and. Uh, and do something fun so man and having you involved is is just uh a cherry on top so i appreciate that buddy mm-hmm. no worries and you know one thing i forgot to tell you 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 know how when you before you open up your gyms you got like all these new fair tech bags you do you fucking sanitize a whole gym just to make everybody feel comfortable that when they came in after the pandemic everything was brand new yeah i haven't opened up my gym because i like i want to do that so i'm waiting until um I'm supposed to get like monsters supposed to pimp out my gym and stuff like that. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but my gym is just for me right now. I don't have classes. I don't have nothing. But once, once my gym opens back up with new stuff, then I'm a, then I'm a real people back in. I think I'm going to start teaching again. I haven't taught in maybe 10 years. That's crazy. So I think I'm going to start teaching again. I think it'll be good for me. I think I'll remember techniques that I forgot. And I think it'll help me as a, a martial artist. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. I got that from you though. So it inspired me to say, you know what? Awesome. Give these people a brand new slate so they can feel comfortable because this this pandemic thing is real. Like it's gonna be around for another year. Or so. Yeah, it, it will be a while. Another another secret insight, man. Man, this podcast is full of all kinds of crazy stuff. Dude, no one's gonna have any idea when they tune in all the shit that's gonna be coming out. But actually, <laughs> uh, Huff finally decided to uh, to go global with AK. I've been I've been on him about it for a long time, and uh, wow. he he put me in charge. Hey, Russia next, huh? Yeah, he put me in charge. So. Uh, I'm in charge of the entire AK brand licensing right now, and we are already. Are you doing Russia? We're doing the whole world. When you go to Russia, bring me. Hundred percent. We're gonna have a lot of gyms in Russia. Eighty percent of my followers are from Russia because of my beard, and I spent like a month over there. Like, out of all my followers, ninety percent are men. Unfortunately, women. I'm single. Come on, where y'all at? <laughs> I got ninety percent dudes, and out of those ninety percent dudes, it's eighty percent from Russia. Yeah. And also, I fuck with Khabib heavy too. So. There's going to be a bunch of gyms in Russia, bro. And like, I'm doing the first global one in India and we're wrapping up the details right now. I just got the agreement. I'm sending, I'm sending them the agreement after we get off the podcast. You're talking to Mr. Bollywood right here. Sultan. We broke records with that movie. And then we got, I'm working on nine others globally. And then we got five others total. Uh, some in the States, headquarters in the U.S. and then Thailand, obviously. So we'll have five yeah. gyms total under the new format and licensing uh uniform kind of style by the end of the month 
That's huge. When you when the Russian Indian thing, let me know because you. I did a movie out there called Sultan, right? Yeah. Um, it's a Bollywood film, and it, it broke every record. It's like I made a fortune on that film, and the actor on the film is a dude named Salman Khan. I'll send you his link. Okay. He is the fifth or sixth highest paid actor in the world, 50, 60, 70 million dollars a year. Um, he's a legend over there. So, like in the U.S., we've got our favorites. I make like Robert Downey Jr. or Denzel Washington, or yeah. you know, what I mean, Makai Five. You may, you may, you may like these different um, actors, but sometimes we hate on the ones we don't like, right? Yeah. In India, they don't do that. One, it's billions of people there. Two, they worship. So Salman Khan. Shara Khan and Amir Khan, like the boxer, yeah. are three. Basically, they said Bollywood is our religion and these people are our God. So the amount of treatment I got, the red carpet rolled out, pre pretty much bow down to you because you know this guy. When you do a fight gym out there because he did an MMA movie, he trained MMA. He's like, I would call him a friend. And um, I did a crazy scene with him in that movie and we helped train him. So when you, if you're doing the MMA gym in India, he doesn't like to leave very often. Let me tap you in with him because he cool. basically runs Mumbai, um, Bombay. He runs that place. That's cool. like, I'll set you up with him heavy. Well, we stay in touch anyway, so. I just found out about that. And every time my dog is doing something, I think like, oh, shit, these people, oh, let me let me tap him in. That's how it should be, too. Dude, you, you, man, you're, you're a great podcaster. Like, because we just had a FaceTime the other night and we talked so much. And it's just like, I was kind of worried for this podcast because I was like, shit, man, we talked so much. Like, what are we going to cover during this podcast, man? We've been going an hour straight, dude. And it's been all like interesting shit that like nobody will expect for sure. So, man, yeah. I appreciate you being back on. I appreciate you, my guy. I can't wait for you to get back out here to Thailand. Stay on when we say goodbye because I want to get you to shoot that video for me real fast. Um, okay. But, man, it's good to have you back on, man. Love the studio. Um, that Thank looks you, sick, man. dude. And I can't wait to get me back on your uh, Morning Wood show and we'll do some collaboration yeah, stuff. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate you, brother. Shout out to AK Thailand. You guys are family to me. You always, always show me love. Um, shout out to AK in general. You know, that's not my team, but they've welcomed me with warm arms ever since I first met those guys way back when. And um, yeah, make sure you guys listen to this podcast. So I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. Well, you're always family at my gym, brother. And mm -hmm. uh can't wait to see you back here again. And uh, thanks again for taking time out for being on the show. Well, more than the words, my man.